In a day when almost anything seems possible through technology and human wisdom, we need to be reminded of our need of the Holy Spirit and His enabling. In a time of mass communication, we need to learn how to distinguish the voice of God from all other voices. In an era where individual rights and freedoms are championed, we need to hear afresh the call of God to complete surrender and obedience. With our emphasis on education and training, have we come to a place where we no longer see our need for God and dependence upon Him? The call of Scripture is to walk by faith, not by sight. But all too often, the decisions we make are based purely on sight and human wisdom and reason, and very little on faith in what God has called us to do. And the subject of what it means to walk in the Spirit is not an easy one to address, and we cannot hope to learn in, in this series what it takes a lifetime to learn. But what we need to understand, however, is that there are some very stern warnings in Scripture for those who seek to serve the Lord in the flesh and human wisdom. And I wonder sometimes if the great tragedy of the Christian life is that we've never grasped the importance of the role of the Spirit of God in our lives and ministries. And could it be that the reason for the dryness of our faith has to do with the fact that we've never understood the leading of God in our lives? Is it in the fact that the very real presence of Christ has been ignored and that we have settled instead for doctrines and traditions and human effort? Have we a form of godliness but deny the power uh, uh, that uh, comes from that godliness? The power of the living and resurrected Christ in us? In this series, I want to examine a number of Bible passages that speak to what it means to walk in the Spirit. And I, and I trust that as we do, we will be challenged to understand more fully what it means to know the very real presence of Christ and His Holy Spirit in our lives. As we begin our reflection, let's start at the cross. Well, we know what took place physically on the cross, but what took place in the spiritual world? Consider the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, where he says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul tells us that when Christ died on the cross, he was crucified with him. Now, that's a difficult concept for us to grasp, but it is the foundation of Paul's Christian experience. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death, and when the Lord Jesus died on the cross, he, he did not die for himself. As the perfect Son of God, he had no sin. 
But imagine for an instant that you had a debt that you could not pay. And along comes a friend who goes to your creditor and pays what is owed. So it's your friend's money that paid the debt. It is as if you paid it yourself, because in the books, it is recorded in your name, paid in full. Now, when Paul thought about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, he realized that it was on his behalf that Christ died. And in the transaction records of heaven, Paul's debt was paid in full. It was as if Paul himself had gone to the cross and died. And Paul so personalized what took place on that cross that he no longer considered himself alive. He chose to live his life with the understanding that when Christ died on the cross, he died with him. Paul would literally say, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The apostle taught that this same principle applies to all believers. Listen to what he told the Galatians in Galatians 5.24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 5.24. Notice what Paul says here. The characteristic of a believer is that he or she has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When I came to the cross, I, requ I was required to lay everything down. I accepted the death of Jesus Christ as my own, and I chose to live as one who had died to who I was. The day I met the Lord, a great transaction took place. I died to myself and its fleshly ways and passions, and I was born again as a new creature. And the very life of Christ was implanted in me, and I was transformed into a child of God with a new heart and new passion. Paul explains it this way to the Corinthians when he says in, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The old has died. Behold, the new has come. If we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old flesh has passed away. It has been crucified to us, and we have experienced new life in Christ Jesus. What Paul is telling us is that those who are in Christ Jesus have died to who they once were. They have died to the things they used to be and what used to motivate them, and they think now in a new way. When they came to the cross, they laid everything down and they died to who they were and they surrendered to the Lord Jesus. They willingly placed that old nature on the cross and died to everything they were. And that changed everything. That death gave birth to new life and they rose from the cross, not only forgiven, but forever changed. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, 
we'll have to admit that we still feel the pull of the flesh with its lusts and desires. And if we've died to the flesh, why do we still feel its pull? Well, let me answer this by saying that there's a world of difference between us dying to the flesh and the flesh dying. As long as I live in this mortal body, I'm going to be tempted because the flesh is still alive. But when I died with Christ, a new life was planted in me. And this is the very life of Christ and his spirit. The day I died with Christ, I turned from the old fleshly nature and I choose, chose to kill its influence in my life. I committed myself to no longer be governed by its impulses. I recognized the sinfulness of that flesh with its reasoning and, and sinful passions. And I no longer trust the sinful flesh. I have no more confidence in it. In fact, I no longer identify with that old nature. It is no longer who who I am, who I am now is defined by the new nature I have received in the person of Christ and his spirit in me. Now, I like to consider this through the illustration of divorce. I, I used to be married to the flesh and I was obliged to it. But today I met the Lord Jesus, however, I divorced that flesh and its evil ways. I severed my ties and legal obligations toward the flesh. It has no longer any legal hold on me. More than this, I have no longer any legal right to it. And if I return to the flesh, I commit spiritual adultery by becoming unfaithful to the new life of Jesus Christ in me. And I have no longer any right to return to that old partner now that I am in a relationship with Jesus Christ. My allegiance now is to him alone. Understanding that we've been crucified with Christ and died to the flesh ought to change how we see ourselves and our obligations. If I have been crucified with Christ, I have legally divorced the flesh. I no longer identify with it. Now, in many countries, there is the custom of the woman to, who marries to take on the name of her husband. And she no longer uses her maiden name, but identifies with the name of her husband from that point onward. And she will raise a new family under his name. We who belong to Jesus Christ have taken on his name. We have left our father and mother and now cleave to him. We have left our, our flesh and now cling to him. We walk with our heads held high because we are part of the family of God and we carry his name with us wherever we go. We no longer identify with our old flesh. How, how we see ourselves dramatically impacts how we live. The couple who marries choose to live for each other and their priorities change. Those who have died with Christ on the cross have committed no longer to live to the old flesh, its wisdom and its impulses. They have divorced that old nature and now have an obligation to Christ and his life in them. It is our obligation now as new creatures in Christ Jesus to reject the flesh and its ways. Now, there are a lot of Christians guilty of spiritual adultery because they have failed to understand what it means to die to the flesh. 
We have no longer any right to return to the old ways of living and thinking. We have been born again, with, and the life we have is the life of Christ. That is how we live. We no longer take our directions from the flesh, but from Christ and his Spirit within us. In Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul tells us that he was crucified with Christ and no longer lived, but Christ lived in him. And the life he lived now was by faith in the Son of God. That faith was not only in what Jesus did on the cross for Paul, but what he continued to do in him also. Christ was transforming Paul and making him into his image. He was chipping away the old habits and thought patterns and giving him the mind of Christ. He chose to direct Paul in service and ministry and empower him in it. And Paul trusted by faith in what Christ had done on the cross. But more than that, he also trusted in what Christ was doing in him and through him to shape him and to mature him into the image of Christ. And those who belong to Jesus Christ are, are not what they used to be. Oh, that old flesh cries out wanting to be taken back. But our commitment is now to what the Lord is doing. We have died to the old ways. We no longer identify with that old nature. We live each and every day with this truth burned deeply into every thought and every decision. I have died to the flesh and what I was. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I no longer have the right to please this old flesh or to listen to it. I will now surrender to, uh, to Christ. And, and reject and, re and, and refuse to surrender to the temptations of this old fleshly ways. The life I now live, I live in faith, confidence, and trust in the Lord Jesus, his person, his ways, his leading. He is now my passion in life. He is the one I hear, and I resist all other voices. If we want to know how to live the Christian life, we must begin at the cross. Here, we died with Christ on that cross. I didn't just stand at the foot of the cross and receive forgiveness. No, my old nature was crucified there. I laid it down. I died to its impulses and, and temptations. I died to everything I was with all its sin and corruption. I so identified with Christ that I laid my flesh with all its passions and sin on that cross with him. And the remarkable thing that took place that day was that when I did that, he gave me new life. And this new life is nothing short of him, Christ himself and his Holy Spirit coming to take up residence within me. He is my life. My death severed the tie to the flesh and gave me a relationship with Christ. I am now his. I no longer, I no longer live for anything else but him. I no longer listen to the flesh. But not that now that I am no longer under its legal
legal obligations. It has no longer any right to me. I have no longer any right to it. And so I resist it as a faithful husband, resists all other women, women but the one God has given to him. And when I understand this and make it my commitment, I'm ready now to listen to Christ and his spirit within me. When I understand that this new life in me is the very life of the person of Christ and his spirit, I wait upon him and expect him to lead, to empower, and to direct. If we want to know what it means to walk in the spirit, we must begin at the cross where we died to the flesh and where the life of Jesus Christ was was born in us. It is Christ now and to him that we owe our surrender and entire allegiance. And we will no longer trust the wisdom and the ways of our sinful flesh.